athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. Welcome to another edition of From the Press Box to Press Row. Let me set the table for you because I got a guest in the first segment. Joining us on the program, Coca-Cola 600 winner, NASCAR driver Martin Truex Jr. Going to join us later on in the program. Also, our HBCU Legend Series continues with former pro football great and Jackson State great Robert Brazil joining us on the program. Also, later on in the program, going to talk some NCAA regional baseball with Mervell Melendez, the head baseball coach of Alabama State. Let's get the program started as the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats will be in the Gainesville regional this weekend. They're going to take on Florida also in the regional UConn and Georgia Tech in his fifth season as the head baseball coach of Bethune-Cookman is Jason Beverlin. And, of course, uh, Bethune-Cookman, wow, they've won three MEAC tournament championships in the five seasons, including a dramatic one to nothing victory over Norfolk State. Coach Beverlin joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Beverlin, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thank you. I appreciate it. Describe the season for us, if you would, uh, 29 and 25, you're four games above 500. But if you look at, you know, some of the the scores and the schedule, you've been playing better as of late. Yeah, there's no question. The uh, Probably the last 20 games of the season, I think we went 15 and 5. We definitely have been playing a lot better defensively, been pitching better. And our, our hitting's really been the most consistent thing all year long. If you look at the schedule, you look early on, and, you know, Florida A&M seemed to kind of be the team that was dominating the MEAC. I mean, they took the the first series. They took three from you, and then, of course, you returned uh, the favor, at least taking two of three from then. And then ultimately, when it counted the most, the 5-2 to two victory uh, in the MEAC tournament, a uh, 5-2 to two victory in the MEAC tournament over them. Can you kind of talk about why you have been so much more successful in the second half of the season? Well, one thing we definitely talk about, even starting in the fall, is just get better each day. You know, even if it's a little bit better each day, by the end of the season, you know, we'll be playing the way we want to play. Um, You know, I think that's why we've traditionally done better the second half of the season, because it's something we really preach from day one, that, you know, even if we're not getting the results we want early, stick with it and, and just come to practice, play the games to get better each and every day and you know the guys are really buying in of the of the three and i i can't you of course won it in your first year in 2012 and then in again in 2014 and um you know i i can't remember 
how those were won. However, you didn't lose a single game this time around, and the way you won in the championship game over Norfolk State, one to nothing, uh, a beautifully pitched game. You get a home run in the bottom of the eighth, and then you actually walk off the field on a caught-stealing situation. Can you describe that game and how big the victory was, and was this the biggest of the three championships? Yeah, I mean, as far as exciting, just, you know, if you're a fan, watching that last game was extremely exciting. Um, you know, they're, they're – uh, Outman pitched the first game against us, and we, we touched him up a little bit, and he was the conference pitcher of the year. But came back on short rest, and, you know, he's pitching a great game. Tyler Norris pitched for us. He went six innings, no hits, no runs. And uh, so pitchers are just going back and forth. We bring in Alex Siebold. He does a great job holding them down. And uh, Jameel Edney came up in the bottom of the eighth. I, you know, at that point, you don't know how you're going to scratch one across because he's doing such a good job on the mound and uh, hits a big home run for us. Go into the ninth, we still have a no-hitter, which is, you know, you're, you're thinking about that a little bit, whether you want to or not, because you're trying to win the conference championship. Right. But at the same time, uh, you know, we get one out and then give up a hit, and, you know, now, okay, that's over with. Now we got to definitely just shore up this win for sure. And, uh, you know, we had a big strike them out, throw them out to end the game, which is kind of a strange way to end the game. But they were trying to make something happen, get their guy in scoring position. And Alex did a good job of striking the guy out. Clay Middleton threw him out. And, you know, next thing you know, we're on the field celebrating. So it was great game, great baseball game. Jason Beverlin is the head baseball coach at Bethune-Cookman in his fifth season. He joins us here on From the Press Box to press row the Wildcats winners of the MEAC Tournament Championship, and they're going to be in the Gainesville Regional. They take on Florida first, of course, also in the Regional, UConn and Georgia Tech. Let me take you back a couple of years, uh, Coach Beverlin, and just want to – talk a little bit about your health how healthy you are now of course you had the the scare some uh, three years ago with Stevens Johnson syndrome where are you with that now and can you kind of talk a little bit about that and kind of fill us in on on that I think we even talked with you about that but uh, you made a recovery from that yeah it was just a a really freak thing I had uh, an infection just a skin infection and They gave me antibiotics for it. Little did I know I was allergic to the antibiotics, and they gave me actually two courses of it. So once they got that embedded in my system, I wasn't just allergic to it. It actually was toxic in in my body and made all my skin fall off, which, you know, is extremely dangerous because you have no protection against any kind of germ. So... They rushed me to the hospital. <clears throat> Next thing you know, you know, I'm getting transported to the burn center at University of Florida. You know, they they actually called my family in, and it was pretty uh, pretty serious thing. You know, the funny thing about it that the doctor said, "You better call the call your sons in." You know, he may not make it, and I'm like, "Hey, doc, I'm right here." You know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, buddy. Right? You know, so. Uh, but we definitely fought through it. I have an extremely strong support system. You know, great wife. She's 
been there with me from from day one and uh you know family was there my family at Batoon cookman was there you know as a strong support system and helped pull me through it and really there's been no ill effects of the uh it was just a freak thing as long as i stay away from uh sulfa drugs and that antibiotic i'm i'll be good wow great recovery and uh we're glad that that everything worked out. That is, of course, the voice of Jason Beverlin, head baseball coach at Bethune Cookman. He joins us here on the program. So, the ex- obviously, you you're going into this Gainesville tournament to win, and I, I got to take you back to 2014 in the Coral Gables Regional. A great game, um, unfortunately, on the wrong side, one to nothing, lost to Miami. You come back and 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 win a game in that tournament. It was the first time that Bethune Cookman had won a postseason tournament since 2002. What about this Florida? Florida's first up. We'll talk about Florida. What about this Florida team? And I don't think you faced them uh, this year, but what are the challenges that they present? You know, it's one of those things. We know they're going to be an extremely good baseball team, but in this tournament, all 64 teams are deserving and, and very good baseball teams. So, you know, in order to win the regional and not just say you went, you're going to have to beat really good baseball teams. So, you know, whether it's the number one national seed like they are or, you know, somebody that doesn't have the resume they have in the field of 64, you know, we're going to have to come ready to play and, and and play our game to win. Jason Beverlin, his fifth season as the baseball coach at Bethune-Cookman. Again, the Wildcats winning their third MEAC tournament championship it, Got them a ticket to the Gainesville Regional. Of course, they're going to take on Florida uh, this week and also in that regional Georgia Tech and UConn as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Beverlin, once again, we appreciate the time. Thank you for sharing that story with us and continued success to you and the Wildcats. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Wow. Imagine what uh, Jason Beverlin must have gone through, but three years later, he is healthy. And, of course, Bethune-Cookman, winning another MEAC Tournament Championship. Still to come here on From the Press Box to Press Row, Alabama State Baseball Coach Mervell Melendez. Also, our HBCU Legends Series continues. Former pro football great Robert Brazil played his collegiate football at Jackson State. Also, Indianapolis 500 winner Alexander Rossi had a conversation with him on Friday's edition of the program. He'll join us as well. Up next, one of NASCAR's top drivers. Stick around and see who's wagging their tongue next with Donald Ware. From the press box to press row. This is Donald Ware, host of the national radio program, From the Press Box to Press Row and a Washingtonian. Box to Row has been successful in its more than 10 years on the air. Speaking of successful, if you're looking to sell your home, let me tell you about one of the most successful realtors in Washington. Coldwell Banker Client Specialist Kwame Joseph was ranked in the top 6% of Coldwell Banker Specialists worldwide. Kwame was also number 3 in total real estate volume and number 2 in total units sold. If you're looking to sell your home, 
home, then Kwame can get it done. For more information, visit KwameJoseph.com. Kwame Joseph has a proven track record and can quickly and successfully sell your home. Visit him online at KwameJoseph.com or call him 301-718-0010. Kwame's success can breed success for you. Visit him online at KwameJoseph.com or call him 301-718-0010. Men, you know there are a couple of myths that should be cleared away from your belief system. The first myth, women only look for tall, virile, handsome guys with money. The truth is, most women look for guys who know how to get results and save money, too. The second myth, you have to buy expensive drugs to regain your love life or defeat erectile dysfunction. The truth is, there is a product on the market made of seven herbs. It's all natural, costs less than $40, and helps 96% of men who try it regain erections that last, and many guys swear their 20s have returned. Alpha RX Plus works to defeat erectile dysfunction, has no reported side effects, and comes with a money-back guarantee. If you want to defeat erectile dysfunction and save money doing it, Alpha RX Plus should be a part of your belief system. Try Alpha RX Plus and then tell us what you think. AlphaRxPlus.com or call 800-860-1938. Alpha RX Plus. A Budweiser, America, and Florida Georgia Line. I still remember our first big show, Budweiser's in the Air. And hearing the crowd sing our song. That's when it really feels like America is in our hands. And when I'm holding a nice cold Budweiser that says America on the front. (laughs) That too. Cheers. This Bud's for you. Enjoy responsibly. Budweiser beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Kofi cards are designed by Brother Tyus Kofi, who has received international acclaim and has been featured on over 300 very popular greeting cards. Kofi cards can be purchased for any occasion, including birthdays, baby showers, and well wishes. Buy them in bulk today. Purchase Kofi cards online at www.koficards.com. That's www.koficards.com. K-O-F-I-K-A-R-D-S.com. Produced by the community for the community. Kofi Cards, empowering our community one card at a time. Kofi Cards are a product of Global Emerging Market Exchange. GMX, a redistribution company. We track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Coca-Cola 600 took place last weekend, as a matter of fact, in Concord, North Carolina, just a little bit north of Charlotte. And your winner, Martin Truex Jr., as a matter of fact, drives the number 78 for Furniture Row Racing. He led 588 of the 600 miles as he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Martin, congratulations and welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. A dom- I mean, essentially, Martin, a dominating performance to lead all but 12 miles of the Coca-Cola uh, 600. Can you just talk about First of all, just talk about the victory and how you felt once you crossed that finish line. Well, it was it was amazing, obviously. It was uh, you know, it was a big day for our whole team. Um, which we've had a really good season, but you know, we've led a lot of laps and it seemed like 
we could never get things to go right when we needed to to finish it off and win the race. So uh, to get our first win in the season was great. To do it in the fashion we did was just unbelievable. Um, I can't thank my team enough and, and just tell you how great they are and how good of a job they've been doing. So uh, it was just one of those you know, crazy races where everything went the way we needed it to, and uh, we had a dominant car. So it was, it was really fun. And I think the biggest thing to me that sticks out is just, you know, all the great drivers that have come through NASCAR over the years and, you know, heroes of mine and heroes of a lot of people. It, uh, to be the first one to, to lead that many miles of the 600 is, uh, is pretty incredible. Sure. You mentioned all of the, obviously, the people that thank your team, uh, Furniture Row Racing. Can I mean, is there any... You know, why do you think you guys were so dominant that day? I mean, again, leading all but 12 miles of that race. Well, there was a lot of reasons. I think one was, you know, we had a great car, obviously, but we had uh, we qualified first. So we started on the pole. Um, that gave us the, the best pit selection. We had the first pit stall on pit road, which is a good advantage. And, you know, I think had we not had that, there was a few, a few times where we might have lost a few spots in the pits. So... Having that stall, having, you know, being able to come out of the pits first every time we pitted was a huge advantage, and, um, you know, that was, a, that was a big part of the reason why we were able to lead all night, but the car was just so good, and it's just one of those those deals where every once in a while in, in your career you hit it like that, and uh, fortunately we were able to, you know, take advantage of it, obviously, and uh, and finish it off and, and uh, not make any mistakes. It was just a flawless night all around. Sure. If I could take you back about three months ago or so to the first race of the season, the uh, Daytona 500, you finished uh, second there. Did that, you know, I mean, you know, obviously you want to win, but, you know, second's not bad. I mean, did that kind of fuel you? And, of course, you've had many more races since then, but uh, did that kind of fuel you to to try to really get this victory because you were so close in that opening race, which, of course, the Daytona 500 sets the tone for the season? Well, I think, you know, most of all, it was just a great start to the year for us. Um, you know, we switched manufacturers in the off season and went from uh, switched from Chevrolet to Toyota, and with that, you know, we basically started over, building all new race cars, all new equipment, and um, to come out of the box after all that work in the off season and start the season off that good, it just gave us a lot of uh, a lot of momentum, a lot of confidence in in what we were doing, and um, it, it's really unheard of to change manufacturers and take on something that large. Um, and really just come out of the box and be as good as you were the season before. So um, really it just gave us confidence, um, a lot of momentum, and uh, we've just been able to carry that through the whole season, really. That the voice of Martin Truex Jr., your winner of the Coca-Cola 600. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Road. Moving forward, obviously a big win for you and your crew, Martin. Looking forward, I mean, how good do you feel uh, right now in terms of the you know, being able to be that champion in the terms of the race uh, for the chase, you got to be feeling really good right now going, of course, into the next race also. Yeah, I feel really good about it. You know, we're going to Pocono this weekend, and we're defending winners of the race that we're going to. So that's that's obviously a good confidence builder. Um, you know, I think I really feel like this team is, is really coming into our own. We're, we're, I feel like, better than we've ever been. I mean, we made the Final Four last year in Homestead and raced for a championship, and and obviously our ultimate goal is to get back there again and this time around hopefully do a better job and, and come away with the championship. So uh, so far things are going great. Uh, you know, this is, uh, I feel like, the best team I've ever had in my, my entire career. And, you know, right now it's, it's time for us to take advantage of that and uh, hopefully we can do it. Your thoughts uh, on the race season to this point, again, coming off uh, the big victory, but just overall? 
Well, it's been good. I think the racing has been um, has been really good this year. It's been a lot of fun for everybody to watch. It seems like everybody's really enjoyed it. I know for us in the cars, it's been a lot a lot of fun. Um, you know, new new rules this year with the lower downforce package and uh, and softer tires, and it's just been a lot more fun to drive the cars. Um, a lot more passing, easier to drive in traffic, but harder to drive by yourself, which relates to to good racing. Um, guys sliding all over the track. It's been a lot of fun in, in that regard, and our team is has just done a really good job of understanding the rules and um, and making changes to uh, you know to make me feel good in the car and, and have good speed. So uh, all in all, it's been a great year for us so far. Uh, we're locked in the chase now, and we can uh, we can focus on getting some more wins and uh, and getting prepared for those final ten when it counts. NASCAR Sprint Cup Series driver Martin Truex Jr. joins us here on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at Martin Truex underscore Jr. And typically, Martin, I mean. You know, you think of NASCAR and, you know, you're a Jersey guy. And a lot of times it's, you know, we're here in North Carolina. It's guys from North Carolina. It's guys from the South. But, I mean, you got into racing. Your father, a very good racer, Martin Sr. Uh, can you kind of talk about, um, you know, all that you were able to learn uh, from your your father, of course, Martin Truex Sr.? Well, I learned a ton from him, and, you know, I got my start in racing because of him. Um, you know, I can remember going to the track to watch him and my uncle's race, and, you know, I was three or four years old. So some of my earliest memories that I have as a child are at the racetrack, and it's just something that I enjoyed from an early age. I really took an interest in. Um, I hung around the shop and learned about the cars, and, and really I feel like, you know, understood and, and was really, really passionate about racing before I ever did it myself. So a big advantage for me um I, you know i feel like as soon as i started i kind of already knew what i was doing even though i'd never done it before so you know started out in go-karts i was uh, 11 years old and i've uh, been doing it ever since so really um i learned a ton from my dad about racing about working on cars about uh, the attitude it takes and, and the drive and the commitment that it takes to to be a, a, a race car driver especially if you want to do it for a living so uh, the work ethic came from him, and, uh, and and fortunately along the way I was able to, you know, catch some breaks and uh, and ultimately drive race cars for a living. I mean, when you look over the course of your career, Earnhardt, Ganassi Racing, Michael Waltrip Racing, I mean, the list goes on and on the further you go back. What led you uh, to Furniture Row Racing and to be a part uh, for you all to have this partnership? Well, it, it honestly, it just it, it just the way it worked out. Uh, you know, in 2012, um, towards the end of the season, we were losing our sponsor at Michael Walsh Racing, and had to make a decision. And, and Furniture Row was looking for a driver, and it just it seemed to fit. It was um, you know, they were coming off their best season ever, and it was it seemed like a you know a good place for me. So uh, I you know we put that deal together, and, and in 2014, our first year together, we really struggled and had a really tough time, and changed a lot of things and and you know f- tried to figure out the cars and then in 2015 uh my, who was my engineer in, in 14 cole pern came on to be the crew chief and and honestly you know when that happened everything just clicked and we started running well and running up front and leading laps and next thing you know we're in victory lane pocono so the last two years have just been uh, really special we've got a great team uh, my car owner barney visser out in denver is uh is a really neat guy does a great job and and really loves what we're doing. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and, and it's really just been a blessing to be able to partner up with them, um, especially with the circumstances and how it all came together. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned struggling early on. I mean, does the, you know, was there a, a time when maybe even you know, with the partnership early on that you guys said, I, I don't, I'm not sure this may not work? 
<laughs> well, there was a time in 2014 where I thought I just might get fired. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I mean, you know, racing is a really tough business, and it takes so many people uh, in so many different areas, um, you know, doing the right things to make it all work. And, you know, as a driver, there's only so much you can do. So it was just uh, it was one of those deals where you just had to keep focused. You had to, you know, continue to work hard, try to give your team the right feedback and not get discouraged. And, and you know, fortunately, they, they didn't give up on me, and we were able to pull through it. And, uh, you know, now obviously we're getting to – we're getting to see the you know the hard work pay off and, and everything that everybody put into it is paying off. A couple of more thoughts with Martin Truex Jr., who joins us here on From the Press Box. The Press Row, of course, last weekend wins the Coca-Cola 600 in Concord, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Martin, do you take some of the same philosophies into the Poconos this weekend, which allowed for you to win last year? I think we do. You know, the, a lot of things have changed. Um, you know, obviously we talked about manufacturer. We're, you know, we're running Toyotas now, so that's a little bit different. Uh, the rules package is quite a bit different this year. New Goodyear tires, so there will be some differences, but you can you can still use the same train of thought, the same philosophy. You know, the racetrack is still the same, and it takes the same kind of things to get around there fast. So I feel like we've got a good game plan. Um, learned a lot there last year that I think we'll be able to apply, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to make it happen again. So you now you're a Philly Philadelphia. Now you are you an all Philadelphia pro sports fan? I know you're a Philadelphia Flyers fan. Oh yeah, all Philly baby. All Philly, okay. <laughs> what are your Eagles going to do this year, man? You know I don't know. Uh, I, I you know I kind of keep up with what's going on. They've got some uh, you know exciting things happening, I think. But I honestly don't know enough about it or keep up enough about it with you know to know exactly um you know to have my opinion on it but i you know i enjoy it no matter what it's um i love going to games when i can and uh always been an eagles fan so i'll, I'll pull for them no matter what oh, sounds good four wins on the nascar sprint cup series including last weekend's win at the coca-cola 600 he is martin truex jr follow him on twitter at Martin Truex underscore junior or underscore JR. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Martin, great to catch up with you. Continued success in all you do. Well, I appreciate you having me on. It's been a good time. Thank you. Martin Truex Jr., the winner of the Coca-Cola 600 and looking for more success this weekend at the Poconos. This segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is being brought to you by Alpha RX Plus. You heard the commercial a 96% rate in ending erectile dysfunction, and now exclusively for Box to Row listeners, get 10% off Alpha RX Plus at alpharxplus.com. Enter Box to Row, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W, for your coupon at the checkout. Again, a 96% success rate in ending erectile dysfunction for more information and to purchase alpha rx plus log on to their website at alpha rx still to come here on from the press box to press row alabama state baseball coach mervell melendez and a conversation with last weekend's indianapolis 500 winner alexander rossi up next former football great robert brazil the following is a message from the Bud Light Party. The Bud Light Party is exposing our nation's hottest issue. It's our laptops. They're warm, and they're getting even warmer. Why would they make something that rests in our laps get so hot? 
Can't they just figure out how to get some coolant in there? Until America finds a solution, an ice-cold Bud Light in our hands will help cool our laps. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That the voice of Ronda Rousey. It was something that I specifically asked for, not just because I wanted to fight for the Brazilian people, also that I really can't stand this chick, and I would rather beat her in her home country on her own turf so that she knew that she lost with every single possible advantage she could have. That's the voice of Michael Strahan talking with us about his college playing days at Texas Southern. You know, a lot of guys were probably out there partying and in some cases chasing behind the girls. I was working out because I didn't see Texas Southern as being like my stop. That was part of my journey into where I wanted to go. Kevin Hart joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Room. Now, are you going to return to New Orleans for the NBA Celebrity Game to defend your MVP crown? Of course I am, man. I'm trying to three-peat. Right now, he's <laughs> two-time celebrity all-star game MVP. If I can get a three, a three-peat, I'm retiring from the game of basketball. I will have done what no man can do. Adrian Peterson. We're strong enough. He built us to be strong enough to endure that. That's powerful. It is. Like, that's powerful. That's how easy we put things in perspective and know that, hey, you know, tough times don't come. But if you trust in God, believe in God, he's going to get you through it. Mike Krzyzewski or Coach K, you know, there was an article that came out with the headline stating NBA needs to pull stars from USA Basketball, which is showcasing only Duke's coach. To me, it's absurd because before USA Basketball, Coach K was on the map and winning national championships. However, how do you respond to that? Well, I don't think you have to respond to it because something that comes way out of left field, it's apparent that we don't need USA Basketball to help our program. I've won three national championships before being the USA coach and went to numerous Final Fours and had number one recruiting classes. I think the response from everybody has been, you know, come on. At the voice, of course, of T.I. and some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. And that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first. No, the worst. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still, I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man. We gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> we're joined by Serena Williams. You were in Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue a couple of years ago. You feel like you're a sex symbol. <laughs> I'm just Serena, and that's all I can be. And whatever people think is. I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm all, I feel honored that they might feel that way, though. Maybe the greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So. I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. You know, football league has done so many wonders for myself, and not only me, but the kids and the volunteers and the parents and the people that have been associated with it. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have Division one. The face of women's soccer in the U.S. is Alex Morgan. Phenomenal moment. The semifinal game against Canada where you scored in the extra time. Everyone's thinking, oh, he's going to get to that. And, you know, it kind of fell directly to, to me into my head, and it was definitely the biggest goal of my career. Jim Caldwell in his first season as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. If a coach is named a coach-in-waiting, the next year he becomes that head coach. He goes 14-2. and two. His team goes to the Super Bowl. The next year he goes 10-6. and six. His 
uh, team goes to the playoffs. And then because of a 2-14 and record, but part of that record is because certainly one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time misses the entire season. After the end of that season, the coach is fired. Is that fair to that coach? <laughs> well, you know, in this business it is. <laughs> because um, that's the thing that I think most people that are in it and understand it. It's what have you done for me lately. At that particular year, we didn't win enough games. Plain and simple. He's the one and only Darius Rucker. I love sports. I love all sports. I watch them all. I'm into the World Cup right now like everybody else is, but if to me, there's two times a year, the football season and waiting for football season. <laughs> right now, I'm waiting for football season. I love it. Oklahoma City Thunder forward Kevin Durant. What about the success that you've had, your maturing as an NBA player, as one of the young uh, superstars in the league? Oh, uh, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, trying to get better every single day. We've been through a lot as a team, and I enjoy playing with a great group of guys. You know, hopefully we get to reach our goal one day. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBC. Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row, real relevant radio. The others pretend you're listening to the only sports talk show in America that actually cares what you've got to say. From the press box to press row, here's your host. Our HBCU Legends series continues here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a former number one or first round draft pick back in 1975 out of Jackson State. Played 10 years in the National Football League, all with the Houston Oilers. A seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time first-team All-Pro selection Robert Brazil joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Robert, welcome to the program. You know, it's always nice to hear somebody say something good about you and your career. So I'm honored here for you to be saying those sweet things about me. It was just another day for Robert Brazil. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, it it, it was. I, you know, I, I'm old enough to remember when you played more specifically um, in the 80s with, you know, with with Houston and you know, uh, late 70s, 80s, Earl Campbell and those great teams. Um, what do you remember most about your playing days with the Houston Oilers? Well, it's sad that the most memorable thing I had is that uh, I had a great career, and, you know, you know, not patting myself on the back. But I, I, I regret one thing. We had a play where Mike Minso made a catch in the end zone against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that was the closest that I ever got. I know that was the closest that I ever got to the Super Bowl, which was one of my ultimate dreams. And my thing was, you know, I, I got to take this with me because I can't do anything about it. I did not get my defense back in order to play the rest of the game. We lost it after that play. And me being one of the leaders, I, I, I hold myself fully responsible for that. You know, I need to get my players back in, back, back, back together. You know, it's still 60 minutes of football to be played. And so, so with that, um, you know, I, I got to ask this question because, I mean, I, I remember when you played, and of course, I mean, in addition to the accolades I mentioned, you were part of the 1970s All-Decade team. Again, a seven-time Pro Bowl selection, five-time uh, first-team All-Pro selection. Selection. Why isn't 
Robert Brazil in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? That's a question I cannot answer you, but I know that uh, I want to be in the Hall of Fame. And I, my, that's the ultimate dream of any NFL football player. But I'm going to put it like this, and I've said it once if I said it twice. I'm going to say it another, again. When it's time, when the Pro Bowl Selection Committee feel like it's time for Robert Brazil to be in the Hall of Fame, I believe in my heart that they're going to make the right decision and put me in there. Uh, if, if, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a true Baptist, I'm a Southern Baptist, every time is a season. And when my season comes, I will get in that Hall of Fame. But until then, you've got so, 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 so many, so many ball players out there with the same ultimate dream. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very hard test for that committee to try to select and satisfy everybody at one time. I wish they could. I mean, I wish they say, okay, we're going to take it. Here's the next 50. They all need to be in the Hall of Fame. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That is the voice of NFL great Robert Brazil, who joins us here on From the Press Box. The Press was part of our HBCU legend series, of course, played his collegiate football at Jackson State. Um, Robert, it was announced that the NFL tried to influence concussion research. A congressional study uh, found that. What a kind of in all of the concussion um, things that have been talked about more recently here, and of course, when you played, it was a different time. I just kind of want to get your thoughts on all of the concussion talk and 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 the, the safety that is trying to be for, put forth in the National Football League, although we have this story that has come out about the uh, NFL trying to influence the research? Uh, first of all, I know and I, everybody knows that they can read that it's a needed thing. We got guys that's retired, and, you know, um, I was honored uh, this this month being one of the guys that's going to be in this legend hall of gridiron legends out in Vegas with the Mike Dicker group. And... For these people to be recognized and you got people that are not being recognized for something, man, we got about 2,500 people that's in dying need of some type of service, not just concussion. We got people out there that, if, you know, if I told you what that question was, you would probably say, no, not in the United States. You can't live off of $8 or $8 a month. You know, you got people that's not being fairly treated. This concussion thing, getting back on what we're talking about, is a very needed research. I don't know what tomorrow my head may 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 uh, ask me to do, uh, but I do know of cases. I do know of people that have suffered. They have been studied. Uh, the people that have been volunteered and did, they give their brains and they are head to research, like a Kenny Stabler and a Mike Wester, these guys. It's something needs to be done, man. I don't know how they're going to do it. I have no suggestion because I was a linebacker. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> and, uh, but <laughs> so whatever research that's necessary, I know I tore up some heaven. I know I've been knocked out three or four times. I know I saw the astrodome spinning, and I, and I can't say why it was spinning, but they said it was a concussion. So, you know, and I don't know what that effect may have on me. I know I can't run a four five forty like I used to. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. you know. So let's get this research done, man, because we got so many kids 
the ultimate dream is to be a wide robber Brazil. I want to pay no Lawrence Taylor. Let's get it done so we can make it safe for those kids. Uh, Robert Brazil joins us here on the program. Um, Bob Hill, your former coach at uh, at Jackson State, of course, when you played and some of those great teams, Walter Payton, the teammate, and I mean, we could go oh, man. on and on. What, what, on and on. Yeah, what, what did what did Bob Hill mean to you? You know, I think it is Peyton said it best. He said, I think in our lifetime, the measure of a man is that at the end, you could say or make a difference in one person's life. And that in your life will be wasn't be in vain. And Jackson, um, all he did that for numerous of us. He, uh, you know, if you go down his legacy and you think about the people that he influenced from the Richard Casters to the Walters and the Brazil, the Peyton, the uh, Don Reese, uh, Richard Castor. I mean, he made a difference in hundreds of people's lives. You know, so we were all missing. You know, it's sad. You know, I, I woke up this morning in tears because I couldn't be at his funeral. And to talk about it is really... It really, you know, takes the part out of me. Wow. No, understood those. Uh, uh, great coach. Um, no, no, no question about it. I definitely understand. Um, when you when you think back to those, you know, to those days or your 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 total career, um, those years at Jackson State. You know, what were the practices like, and maybe um, more specifically, you and Walter Payton going head up. Walk. Walter <laughs> knew. Walter knew and Ricky Young knew that if they touched the ball, it was going to be first blood. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be first blood. We knew and we uh, finally understood what Bob here was trying to do. So we knew that I had to give 110 to make him be a, a better running back, as you say, Walter. He had to give me 110. When I say this, we talk about competition against each other. Mm-hmm. I wanted his best. I wanted his very, very best. And I know that if I can stop Walter, or if I can stop Ricky, or if I can make it a day involved here practice, I was ready for anybody else in the SWAT and as well as the NFL as I went on in, into my career. Wow. Yeah. What? So was there talk when that 1975 1975- uh, draft came around. You, you guys, I mean, that's phenomenal. You talk about Jackson State. We're talking about a smaller school, to your point. Um, all of the bigger schools that are in that area. Yet, uh, two of the first uh, six draft picks in 1975 were Walter Payton at number four and yourself uh, at number six. Did, did you all ever talk about who may go first? No, the thing was... Uh... Me and Walter had been invited to numerous of bowl games, and we knew that we had another roommate. His name was Ricky Young, and we wanted him to be not – I mean, we wanted him to get drafted, but we wanted him to be in the first round also. We wanted to break the record. We wanted to bring some recognition to the school. Uh, Walter and I had been out in these bowl games and saw what our competition was, and people had told us that we was going to go – this way or that way. But that, that day of the draft, me and him jumped on some motorbikes and he because we wanted to not get all the recognition. We wanted the other guys on that team to be able to, for all of us to come out and say, 
all of us going to Twitter just to walk the paint and like Robert Brazil going in the draft so quick. We knew something big was going to happen, but we wanted other guys to be there also for, with us to enjoy it. Yeah, no, that is that is phenomenal. I, 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 I it may have been some. Were, there's some other guys like you said, Ricky Young ended up being a seventh round pick. I mean, that's three picks. W- w- were there any other picks you remember that year out of Jackson State? You got, you got John Tate went. You got Rodney Phillips played with the St. Louis Cardinals. He was in that draft, and Roscoe Wood also. Wow. <laughs> so we, wow. There's a bunch of guys. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least six guys in that year. That is absolutely phenomenal. Wrapping it up with Robert Brazil, former National Football Leaguer, HBCU legend. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And, uh, Robert, we appreciate the time, man, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you real soon. Hey, man, I know that y'all have a, uh, a hell of a test out there in this world. But all to my HBU supporters and fans, we still need to support our HBUs. Uh, we know we're in dire need of funds and recruits because our number one athletes are not looking at these small black colleges anymore in the HBU colleges. But that is, like I always tell the kids that ask me, what about Jackson State? I say, if you're a diamond, you can throw a diamond in the mood. It's still a diamond. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if you if you if you feel like you can, if you feel like you need a good education, and you feel like you want to go, because now with this social media, you can be playing in Africa, and they can find you if you got any talent. Yeah. So, I think that we need to consider you young guys just coming out of high school right now to look at the HBU schools. They are great schools, and I support. Support them 100%. No, we, that, that very well said. We appreciate it, and we'll talk with you soon. Thank you, man. We'll be right back. The following is a message from the Bud Light Party. The Bud Light Party is tackling the issues that other candidates won't dare touch, like small plates. They say they're for sharing. But how can you share if there's less food? Are eight plates enough for three people? Can't we share one big plate? The Bud Light Party supports sharing. Just do it before our plates get any smaller. This message approved by the Bud Light Party. Raise one to right now. Enjoy responsibly. Bud Light Beer, AB, St. Louis, Missouri. Whoa, my man knows how to put the ball in the hoop. Did you see that? He's a stud driving to the basket or putting it in from long range. Yeah, I saw it. So he's a stud, the man. We're all impressed. Bob, what's with you, man? You seem depressed. Out of it. Hey, man, I'm sorry. I'm just down. Well, boys, talk to me, man. What's bothering you? Home is bothering me. Brenda and I haven't hugged, kissed, or made love in weeks because I can't get an erection. We've been boys a long time. I'm going to share something with you. I had that same problem until a month ago. Then I heard about Alpha RX Plus and things changed big time. It brought happiness back into my bedroom, trust and respect from Felicia. How can I try this Alpha Lust? <laughs> it's Alpha RX Plus, and you can learn more at AlphaRxPlus.com. It's affordable, all natural, no side effects, comes with a money back guarantee. www.AlphaRxPlus.com or 800 860 1938. Alpha RX Plus. 
BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports, BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. Alabama State baseball coach Mervell Melendez is going to join us in a couple of moments here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Alexander Rossi in only his sixth start on the IndyCar Series wins the Indianapolis 500 last weekend before a record crowd of 350,000. As a matter of fact, it was the 100th. Indianapolis 500 and I had a chance to catch up with him on Friday's edition of from the press box to press row an interesting story on how he was able and how he finished the race I was stressed man I I was I didn't know what to expect I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull it off I didn't I didn't know if we had enough to make it I don't think the team did either we were just kind of taking it corner by corner and 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 trying to do it And, and the final lap we really didn't know if we were going to be able to make it back um it was it was a big stretch, and and we we obviously had to go for it, and it was either going to result in a win or we were gonna we were gonna not finish. So it was a pretty big gamble, and by the end of them, I'm I'm very happy, obviously, that we took it. Yeah, no huge gamble, and it definitely paid off. One of the biggest gambles, maybe in sports history, that actually paid off. Uh, can you speak to managing that fuel over those last uh, few laps? It, it was very difficult. I mean, it, it required me to get quite creative with, with how I was doing it. Um, one thing that made it easy was the fact that the Nav Auto Parts curb Honda was really, really, really easy to drive. Um, I didn't have to think about the balance of the car. I didn't really have to think about anything other than the fuel mileage I needed to hit and the cars I needed to overtake. And um, that that makes my job and my life so much easier. So a huge credit to the guys the team and the engineers who put so much time and effort into, um, you know, giving me such a great race car and, and really giving all five of us such great race cars. We 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 knew that, or we had hoped that, that you know, the winner was going to be one of the five, and, and sure enough, it was. And, and beyond that, we came away with a one-two for the team, which was, was not only great for, for Andretti, but for Honda as well. Alexander Rossi ran out of gas with about four or five laps remaining but was able to win the Indianapolis 500, perhaps one of the biggest gambles in the history of sports that actually worked out. And by the way, he actually had to be towed to victory lane. NCAA baseball regional play begins this weekend. As as a matter of fact, in the Tallahassee region will be the Alabama State Hornets by virtue of winning the SWAC championship. As a matter of fact, they went undefeated in SWAC play, they were 24-0 and in his fifth season as the head baseball coach of the Hornets is Mervell Melendez, who joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Coach Melendez, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thank you, Donald. Uh, good to be back, and we greatly appreciate the uh, exposure that you're giving our program. Absolutely. 24-0 and in SWAC play in the regular season, of course, undefeated, I think 3-0, and in SWAC tournament play on your way to winning the SWAC tournament championship. I mean, 
really the closest games were in the SWAC tournament. You kind of dominated the regular season. Just want to get your thoughts on winning your first SWAC championship as the head baseball coach, of course, at Alabama State. Very rewarding, of course. We have been working extremely hard all this time throughout the five years to get to this point, to be able to to win the tournament and get to an NCAA tournament. That's, that's really has been our goal. The 24-0 uh, was not really the goal that we had to go undefeated. And um, it just happened that our, our players were hungry. Our players were um, had a had a goal in mind to finish to finish first in the regular season, and uh, by virtue of them playing well and not being intimidated and, and really hitting adversity uh, when it when it showed uh, in front of them, really it was a was a factor of us uh, finishing undefeated. But we did have a good run in the tournament. Uh, there were closer games as we expected them to be. All the teams there are excited to be there. They. They play extremely well uh, against us. Even the the, the game that uh, we scored 27 runs, uh, Southern University scored nine. So uh, they were ready to go offensively and uh, gave us some good games. Mervell Melendez is the head baseball coach at Alabama State. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row in his fifth season. The Hornets are SWAC tournament champions. They will play in the Tallahassee Regional this weekend, South Alabama. Uh, also, uh, Florida State and uh, Southern Miss are in that region. When, when you're 38 and 15, Coach Melendez, it's, it, you know, it, it may be sort of hard to say. Well, where was the turning point, or if there was a turning point in the season? However, was was there a turning point in the season? I, I believe that what made us really stronger are the games that we lost midweek. Uh, we lost to Auburn twice, and, and those games were actually lopsided. We lost to to Troy uh, at their place where we didn't score. Uh, we lost to uh, Sanford at our place. Um, and those games that were kind of lopsided really uh, opened up our eyes and, and the players. And they, didn't, they don't want to experience that. And, and we were very firm on what, what matters is on weekends, what we do on weekends. But, of course, we go into every single midweek game thinking that we're going to win and we have a chance to win every single game. But, but those games really kind of set the tone for us as to we're not going to get complacent by just winning winning games on the weekend we have to play well and we have to play well every single game that we step into the field so uh, i don't know if there's a turning point but a mindset that was changed there throughout the middle of the season marvell melendez the baseball coach at alabama state joins us here in the program boy i mean when i look at the numbers you look at tyler howe joseph camacho your two pitchers uh camacho 10 and 0 on the season 2.04 era tyler howe 10 and 2 on the season 1.48 uh era i mean these guys can you talk about how good i mean the numbers indicate these guys are great can you talk about how good these guys are we're gonna find out this weekend but uh the bottom line is that the numbers don't lie they don't i always say they don't lie they don't tell the whole story but they don't they don't lie they have gotten it done throughout their the year um being the case with camacho getting it done throughout the last three years he's been he's been very consistent i think he's lost one game in three years uh, so he has he has that mental edge that he believes that he can step into a field into the mound and beat anybody in the nation. So he he needs to maintain that attitude uh, coming into this weekend. We're going to rely on him to give us some great innings against very tough opponents at, at the biggest stage of his career thus far. Uh, and then Tyler Howe, of course, having the season that he's had, you know, you can argue who has been a better pitcher by. By record, you can see that both of them have 10 wins and one of them has two losses. But the ERA and, and the way that Tyler Howell has pitched 
has really been remarkable in, in any way. If he would have been pitching the SEC and ACC, he would have had that national recognition. But by virtue of us being a smaller conference, I don't think that he's gotten the recognition that he really deserves. 61 home runs as a team, a 309 batting average as a team. I mean, I could go on and on, and I could point out Dylan Cooper with 10 home runs. I could point out uh, Carlos uh, Casio with 13. I could point out Ray Hernandez with 15. Is this the greatest offensive team you've ever coached? It's one of them, but for sure. And and I think that, you know, our assistant coaches have to have to get some credit for that. Our, our hitting coaches have done an extremely great job getting the players ready, getting the hitters ready, working on their approach, working on their weaknesses so that they can become strengthened later on. So uh, the players do get it. They understand what it, what needs to be done. They understand the approach that they need. And uh, because of it, you have seen good numbers. And the 61 home runs, of course, I don't know where that ranks nationally. Uh, but I know it has to be up there. So a lot of credit to our players, a lot of credit to our coaches for really instilling the, the, the approach that they needed to have and being aggressive, being patient at times, and really getting the pitches that they can, they can be successful with. Lastly, Coach Melendez, we appreciate the time. Of course, Mervell Melendez is the baseball coach at Alabama State. Of course, the Hornets are in the Tallahassee Regional this weekend. Coach Melendez, what is it? You've been you've been here before. You've been in the Tallahassee Regional before. Of course, as the coach at at, at Bethune Cookman, you 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 understand playoff baseball. What is it going to take for your team to have success in this regional? Of course, you have Florida State, uh, and then the potential for Southern Miss and South Alabama. For us, it's going to take to play the same way that we have played throughout the whole entire season. Meaning that we have been fearless. We have we haven't really um, faced an adverse situation that we haven't we haven't overcome. And and I believe that a mindset is what's going to take us to where we want to be. I mean, physically, we're going to be ready. We have been ready. A lot of the teams that we have taken to the NCAA tournament have had us physically, but I don't think that they've really had it mentally to go there and upset them, the number one seeded team in the tournament. And it remains to be seen. All I can tell you is our team will be physically and mentally ready. Uh, if we come out with the same intensity, the same way that we have played throughout the whole entire season, uh, there could be a lot of upsets uh, in that tournament. Uh, and, and I really like our chances. I love this team. Uh, I can tell you that thir- 10 times over and over, this team has it mentally, they have it physically, they have that edge. And I hope to see that. 38-15 and 15 are the Hornets on the season. They're in the Tallahassee region on this weekend. Of course, they open up with Florida State five years in as the head baseball coach of the Hornets is Mervell Melendez. He joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Always great to catch up with you, Coach Melendez. Uh, Success to you and the Hornets. Awesome. It has been great once again. And uh, go Hornets for us this weekend. We certainly will, Coach Melendez. Thank you. And I tell you what, that Tallahassee region better be very, very afraid of a very potent Alabama State team. Um, Game two taking place on Sunday in Oakland between the Cavs and the Warriors. Um, Real quick, I thought um, LeBron James could have played a lot better in this game. Give, of course, the bench of the Warriors a lot of credit, but if you look at James early, he was very aggressive, taking it to the hole once Iguodala got on him, was knocking the ball away. Second half, he started settling for more jump shots, and um, he's going to have to be better. And I also thought one of the keys 
was the fact that uh, James did not start the fourth quarter, and I think that hurt them as well. I mean, I had, you know, the the Golden State in seven. I guess I'll still stick with that. Um, of course, all depends on what happens on Sunday. My time is about up. I thank you for yours. Thank you to Mervell Melendez for joining us here on the program. Jason Beverlin, Robert Brazil, and Martin Truex Jr. for joining us on the program. I'm going to be out. I'm going to be on a little vacay, a little rest and relaxation. The next three weeks, we'll, we'll kind of take a look back at the uh, last five months here on From the Press Box to Press Row over the next three weeks. Check up on me. Hit me up on Twitter at dware one D-W-A-R-E, the number one. Just check up on me and see how I'm getting along. Don't forget, for more information on the show, you can log on to our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. I get high.